You're listening to the Can Dare Podcast, your sidekick in the quest for knowledge, power, and entertainment. So strap yourselves in and prepare for victory! Thunder, 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 thundercats! Ho! Sword of Omens, come to my hand. I, Lionel, command it. Hi, this is Larry Kenny, voice of Lionel and Thundercats and the Bluegrass and Silverhawks and the voice of Sonny the Cocoa Puffs Bird and Count Chocula and so much more. Forget that, though. What I'm here to tell you is listen. Keep listening to the Canned Air Podcast. Do it! Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Canned Air, your tribute to comics and pop culture. I'm Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack DeWitt. And I'm Randy Hardenbrook. And ladies and gentlemen, we have voiceover royalty in the house today. I'm so excited to talk with this gentleman. You're, you've heard his voice. If you've grown up in the past 20 to 30 years, you know the voice. Uh, just to name a few, he was Bluegrass and Silverhawks, my favorite blue uh, uh, Silverhawk, <laughs> and I think he's part of the reason why I ended right. up playing guitar. Uh, Lion-O, Jackalman, and many other characters in Thundercats. And let's not forget those uh, those mascots, uh, Count Chocula, Sonny the Cuckoo Bird from uh, Cocoa Puffs, and the Taste the Rainbow voice from Skittles. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, voiceover royalty, Larry Kenny. Thank you so much for being here, man. Hey, thanks, guys. Nice to be here with you. We are going to have some fun. We're just going to be talking with Larry about his uh, career and uh, all the awesomeness that has come from it. And then uh, we have a little exercise planned at the end. But uh, before we do all that, don't forget to find us on Twitter at CannedAirPod and on Instagram at Canned underscore Air. And if you like what we're doing, head to our website, CannedAirPodcast.com, where you can hit that Patreon link. And uh, there's all kinds of different tiers to get you all kinds of bonus content for the show. Uh, episode you've never heard, a show, well, more than one show that's dedicated to that platform. So check that out. Gentlemen, what am I forgetting? If you're sitting around bored on, actually, we're moving it to a Thursday now, but uh, hop on Facebook, Twitch, or YouTube and check out uh, Jack and I play some Jackbox games, hang out, interact with us, and maybe win something. Changing it to Thursday? What was this? Uh, when was this big meeting? <laughs> Uh, that was a production was meeting Jack and I had. Okay. <laughs> the day after the last stream. All right, fair enough. All right. Well, with that, let's just turn our attention over to Larry and uh, just. We're, just... We're, not gonna, we're not gonna have any uh, any inner office fights here, are we, guys? Any, uh... <laughs> uh, place your bets now, Larry. <laughs> all right. Okay. All right, Larry. Uh, I, so first off, are you getting hit with all the freaking snow that's been uh, hitting us here in Ohio? Yeah, yeah. I'm in uh, Connecticut, just outside of New York City, and we've got uh, probably, it looks like about 18 inches. Holy right cow. And it's going to snow all night again. It's coming it's down. It's magnified to it once it got to you guys. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. It's, it's, they say it's coming down uh, two inches or more an hour, and it's going to go all night. So. Who knows? <laughs> wow. Well, that's, I mean, yeah, that's kind of forcing quarantine at this point. After about a, yeah, that's right. That's right. After about a foot, what's the difference anyway? You know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> screwed is screwed, right? <laughs> that's right. Well, let's uh, just go right back to uh, just your beginnings. Uh, you know, yeah. everywhere I look around online, I see, you know, you, you first were getting into uh, radio around the age of 15, but very curious what you were like uh, as a child. What were you into? Were you into <laughs> cartoons? What kind of music did you listen to? Uh, I was well. I was into uh, into cartoons like everybody else back at this time. We're talking now in the fifties and sixties. Because I was born in nineteen forty-seven. 
God, that sounds like a long time ago. <laughs> uh, it was, it was. So, but I, the cartoons I grew up with, of course, were the early Warner Brothers cartoons, and and um, oh, things like my my favorite was uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle. You guys oh, familiar yeah. with Rocky and Bullwinkle? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, I, I loved cartoons, and as a matter of fact, my mother tells me, God bless her, she's still with us. She's ninety four. She told me that uh, pretty much from the time I could talk, I was I was imitating people on TV, including cartoon characters. So um, I guess that's how it started. You know, I just would hear voices and and try to repeat them. And and uh, and then I, when I got into radio, yeah, I was 15 years old in Peoria, Illinois, about two weeks before my 16th birthday, and I got a job as a disc jockey there. And um, I would you know do my radio show playing the records of the day, you know, the Beatles and James Brown and stuff like that. But uh, in between the records, I would do a little comedy bits using the character voices and things like that. And then and I continued doing that in radio <clears throat> right on through um, when I went to uh, Cleveland and then Chicago and then finally came to New York in 74. And I was doing the same thing here uh, in radio when finally the opportunity to do some... Uh, be, then I began doing lots of radio and TV commercials, but it wasn't until... 78, I guess, that uh, I got a chance to do animation. And that was that was when I first started doing uh, Count Chocula. Oh, wow. Then, that goes that far back. back. I didn't realize yeah. that. Yeah, 1978, I started doing that thing. Almost 40 years. And then about a year later, I started doing Cocoa Puffs. Been doing both of them for 40 years, I think, just about. So you've yeah. been the voices as long as we've been watching. I was thinking for some reason it was yes, uh, yeah, in the really. mid-80s. Yeah. But yeah. And of course, when I was young and watching cartoon shows, I was listening to the guys that I later worked with, some of them on those cartoons, you know, sure. listening to uh, Chuck McCann and people like that, uh, who, who was doing, he did, he did uh, Sonny the Cocoa Puffs Bird for years and years when I was young and up until 78 when I, I took over, 79, when I took it over from him because he moved to California. I've got to so go hear this original crazy. Uh, voice now. I got to, I got to compare the two. I was going to say, are they, did you kind of go off of the how he did it, or did you do it on your own? Well, actually, it's a good question. Uh, for both Count Chocula and Sonny, uh, we weren't asked, when I say we, I'm talking about those of us who went in an audition for the, for the parts, both here, here in, in Los Angeles. We were told, we don't want a new voice for this. We want you to become as close to the original as you can. Which made sense because it was a, already a very established voice. Both of them, both Count Chocula and, and Sonny, were very well established, you know, so they didn't want right. to change, change it too much. So the only difference between me and Chuck McCann, I think, is his was a little more shrill, a little higher voiced. I mean, he was way up there. Hey, kids! I can't even go that high. You know? <laughs> and, and the same thing for Count, uh, for Count Chocula. A guy named Jim Dukas was doing that voice uh, for many, many years until I, until I started doing that. And uh, the same thing in that one. They said just whoever, whoever can come as close as they can to those voices will probably get the job. And, and I got both of them. So there. <laughs> All right. So as far as Thundercats, which, again, is kind of where I know you from and I've been uh, watching with my kids and they're, they're falling in love, a whole new generation. Can you tell me a little bit about what that process was like and where you drew Lionel from? Well, uh, one day my agent in New York called me and said, uh, we have an audition for you at um, a particular place at a particular time and money. That's, that's how this business works, the voiceover business. You have an agent and they'll call you, um, um, you know, and let you know what auditions they have for you. And then 
day later or so, they'll call you back and tell you if you got it or not, you know. So this day, my agent said, you're going to, um, I forget where it was being held, in, in Manhattan, and you'll be auditioning for a new, uh, a new animated show called Thundercats. And I was very excited because there, to that point, there hadn't been any cartoon shows recorded in New York. They had all been done in Los Angeles for years and years, you know. Uh, and it wasn't until till, uh, Comedy Central and Nickelodeon and those people started doing cartoons here. that uh, So we, everybody in New York was pretty excited. Hey, they're going to do some, uh, going to do a cartoon here. Sure, sure. So anyway, I, yeah, I went to audition. And, and what, what happened was uh, there would be like 50 guys and women in a big room when you get there and you take a number, you know, or you, you wait until you're allotted time. Uh, they had all over the walls, they had uh, um, drawings of the characters and uh, a little bit about each of the character. And then they had a synopsis of the entire show, what it was all going to be about. It was brand new. You know, nobody knew what it was going to be like. And then when, when it was your turn, you went into the studio and they said, um, well, they told us that we, they would like us to pick each pick um, one Thundercat and one uh, mutant, you know, the lead <laughs> mutant's mum <Mom> rock, <laughs> to, to audition for. Mm -hmm. So uh, I picked, I picked Lion-O because he was the lord of the Thundercats, and I figured if, if I'm going to be a Thundercat, I might as well run the show, you know. There you go. So I said, I'll audition. <laughs> I want, yeah, yeah. And, and I picked Jackal Man. I don't know why. I just kind of, I like the, the look of him, you know. Mm -hmm. Now, you asked about coming up with the voices. Lionel's voice is just basically my voice, you know. It's, it's just a little more dramatic. <clears throat> uh, I mean, when I sit here and talk to you guys, I could say something like, uh, Sword of Omens, come to my hand. I, I command it. I'm, I'm Lionel. I command it. <laughs> But on TV, it comes out, Sword of Omens, come to my hand. I, Lionel, command it. So but the, the point of that was they told us for, for the Thundercats themselves, we don't want, quote, cartoony voices. They should sound like, like pretty much like real people, you know, with a little drama added. So, but they didn't want us to be cartoony, if, if you will. Right. Sure. For the mutants, on the other hand, that's where you got to really to really have fun with the mutants because every actor loves to play bad guys, whether you're doing a film or cartoons. Or every, you, you love to be a bad guy because you get to, you get to really just throw it out there. So for Lionel, of course, I didn't have to come up with a voice. It was my voice. <clears throat> for Jackalman, I thought, let's see. I'm looking at the illustration they had on the wall of what he was going to look like, and I thought, a jackal. Let's see, what is... A jackal is kind of like a... A wolf. They're, they're very sneaky. They're very, mm -hmm. from what I knew, I never, I never personally knew a jackal, but I've heard things about them. <laughs> and uh, so I, and then in the back of my mind, I had, I was kind of channeling a character on, on, uh, on Rocky and Bullwinkle, Snidely Whiplash. And you okay. guys remember seeing, yeah, he was the, the consummate villain. He was, okay. uh, he had the, Black cape and the top hat, you know, and, and the, the curly mustache. Like, like <laughs> I'll tie you to the railroad tracks. So I kind of put those two together, and I came up with uh, Jackal Man, who sounded like, uh, we must get the Thundercats, yes? <laughs> <laughs> That's where those two voices came from. And you did Snarf as well, too, among other characters, right? I did. I did not. That is a um, that's a kind of a, a common misconception on the internet. I don't know why, but Bob McFadden was Snarf. Oh my! I, oh, my I, you apologies. know what? 
Oh, that's okay. I just think I just realized after all these years why people confuse it. I later did a character called Uncle Osbert Snarf for a few episodes, I think. Okay. That's what it was. It was Snarf's Uncle Osbert, an older one. That may be where people get the idea that I was Snarf. I think it's both I, I of them, the way it's worded. That's <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the thing that bothers me because Bob, you know, Bob McFadden was so great at that. And Bob and I worked for years and years together uh, uh, because because um, we not only did all of the Rankin-Bass uh, animated series, Thundercats, Silverhawks, Tiger Sharks. Then we did a Saturday morning show called Comic Strip with four 15-minute shows, and that had Karate Cat and all these. And then Bob McFadden also, for 30 years, was uh, Frankenberry. He was the voice on Frankenberry cereal. Uh, Frankenberry cereal with strawberry flavored marshmallows. Remember that? <laughs> so Bob and I, for many years, we were in the studio together a lot, doing all those different things, you know. And uh, so I, I, I always want to give him the recognition he deserves. He was Snarf. Okay, okay. Oh, yeah. One thing I'm curious about, your first impressions of uh, the Thundercats when it was first brought to you, like these these alien cats, what, what would you would you think of them? Oh, gosh, I can't say that within the honesty that I clearly remember what I felt. I, I kind of vaguely remember, okay, here's the, here's the synopsis. These are half people and half cats. Okay, it's a cartoon show, so you can, you know, you can believe it. You buy the premise, you buy the show, you know? <laughs> right, right. So... <laughs> So that was kind of a different thing. And then I thought it was kind of neat that when, when we started doing the next show, it was Silver Hawks. They were half, as the show said, half real, half machine or something like that. Yes. And then, of course, the ultimate, the ultimate was Tiger Sharks, where we were half fish. <laughs> and, half uh, and then it kind of ran its score. And of course, you're always wondering, well, which half is the, you know, no. <laughs> How do they reproduce? <laughs> yeah. no, don't mention that's a children's show. <laughs> um, I, I do have one quick question for you on Thundercats, though. Um, I was reading a story on the internet, and I'm sure you've talked about it a hundred times, but uh, I, I read somewhere uh, an incident that occurred at Toys R Us with you and a couple kids in Lionel. Yeah, well, Lionel wasn't there, but um, a couple of weeks before Christmas, in uh, it must have been '85 or '6, Thundercats had been on the air for some time, and I was Christmas shopping at Toys R Us. Rest in peace, Toys R Us. Yeah, oh yes, kidding. and uh, yeah, isn't that something? I couldn't believe that. Yeah. So I um, I was Christmas shopping two weeks before Christmas, and as I walked in. I recalled that the last time I was there, which was a few months before, there was one row of, of Ninja Turtles toys on one side, you know, and then He-Man yeah. and the Masters of the Universe. They had rows for, for all of those different shows or those characters. This time when I walked in, I look up and there's four rows of nothing but Thundercats. Three, three rows, I'm sorry, of nothing but Thundercats. And that's when I said to myself, that shows a hit. You know, we got a big hit here. As I'm walking by uh, <clears throat> the Thundercats row, one of them, these two young boys, I, I imagine they were uh, <clears throat> between seven and ten, 
I could overhear them as they're looking at the uh, the action figures, uh, you know, the uh, Thundercats action figures. One of them says, "I'm going to get Panthro. He's cool," you know. The other one says, uh, "Yeah, well, I'm going to get Tigre. He's really the best one." Well, I couldn't help myself. I said, uh, "Guys, why don't you get Lionel? After all, he's the guy who says Thundercats. Ho!" And they looked at me like I was this weird old fart, you know, that they should run from. <laughs> And uh, t- today, as a matter of fact, I would never even do something like that. You know, you, you can't. Right. You know, you can't walk up to a young kid and say, hey, you want to hear my Lionel? <laughs> so. Call Dateline quick. They look. <laughs> exactly. To catch a predator. <laughs> so. I, uh, so. And I realized that. So I just kind of went, OK. And I started to walk away. And as, as I did, I heard the older one whisper to the kid. He said. He wasn't whispering, but he said, he didn't even sound like Lion-O. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, I loved. I thought it was the funniest thing in the world. But I was thinking to myself, you know, if you only knew, kid, you'd crap your pants. <laughs> That's so funny. It's so fun. I always wonder um, in my lifetime, like, what big people, you know, or like celebrities or people I admire that – I've been right in the vicinity of and not ever known. And that that person's actually had that experience. That's incredible. I need to go back a little bit. I wanted to ask you something about uh, the the serial characters. Um, I'm a big toy collector. And uh, as much as I collect, you know, the action figures from the cartoons and stuff I love, I also collect uh, like mascots, like like spokes, like spokes characters. I've got a like the whole Ronald McDonald land here. I've got Captain oh, yeah. Crunch. Sugar Bear, and I do even have uh, Sonny up on the shelf here. Um, and uh, I've good. always kind of, I, I don't know, thought it myself maybe weird, but I know I'm not alone because these characters, just like any other character, you know, have had a big presence in our lives. And uh, actually, they actually they mean a lot. So I'm curious, do, do you ever, I mean, I know you get that about Lionel, you know, like Lionel has, you know, changed my life, et cetera, et cetera. Do you get anything like that ever uh, from your portrayal of Count Chocula oh, yeah. and Sonny? Oh, yes, yes. As a matter of fact, when I first started doing Comic-Cons, I, I was I was ready for everybody coming up and saying, oh, you know, Lionel is talking about Lionel and bluegrass and, and all those things. But immediately there were people just as maybe not just as many people, but but there are lots and lots of people who came to see me because I do Count Chocula and or Sonny. And as a matter of fact, when I first started doing cons, I only took pictures of um, of Lionel, you know, and, and Jackal Man and. The characters I did on those shows, right? Bluegrass. But I, very soon, I, I ordered some prints of Count Chocula and and um, uh, Sunny too, because uh, there are lots of people who want those. Yeah, they, they really like those. I, that's an interesting thing that you said. I, I never thought about that before. But those characters, because they were so, as you put it very well, so uh, integral to our lives, or you know, right? At least we. We were subjected to them a lot. You know, I mean, you couldn't miss them. Right? Watching sure, cartoons. Sure. Hey, kids! <laughs> no, let me talk to them. And it's back and forth. <laughs> and then, and then you had characters from the other lesser serials. But anyway, uh, <laughs> it was a, that was a good. That was a good point. I like that thing because, yeah, you spend a lot of time, and they uh, they were developed to those characters to be animated friends, just sure. like. Uh, the cartoon characters were so it was very insightful what you said. I'm going to steal that. Okay. I'm using that steal a lot. Steal away, it is yours. 
It is yours. I'll give you total credit, of course. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a funny thing because, you know, like we we love our our shows from our childhood, Transformers, Thundercats, etc. But these shows, you know, they're on for a few seasons. And then, I mean, nowadays you can find about anywhere. But in the day they were gone through all the years, through all the shows, through, you know, as you grew up, those characters are always there. And I had heard rumor that you had the opportunity or almost uh, became lucky or had an audition for Lucky the Leprechaun. Yeah, I did. I did. As a matter of fact, um, the same the same advertising agency did the commercials for um, for all the General Mills food, uh, cereals, you know. Sure. And so I would work with the same guys, in the, the same people from the, the agency, ad agency, uh, for Sunny Inn, for, for Count Chocula. And... Um, one day, a guy named Deed Meyer, who was the producer of all those commercials, he would be the guy in the studio saying, use this take, use that take, you know. And um, I, I went to a either a Cocoa Puffs or a Count Chocula uh, recording session one day, and I walked, started walking in the booth, and Deed said, oh, uh, Larry, dear boy, he was British, uh, he said, I've, uh, I want you to know that you, I had auditioned the week before for Lucky, the Leprechaun, because the gentleman who had been doing them for a hundred years had reached an age, you know, where he didn't. Well, I think he wanted to retire, sure. and so they're looking for a new, you know, for a new Lucky the Leprechaun. So I auditioned for it with five hundred other guys, you know, and didn't even think anything about it because I'm doing Sunny, I'm doing Count, you know, I'm not a greedy guy, you know. <laughs> but I walk in and he says, he says, Larry, dear boy. You'll be glad to know you won the audition as Lucky. And I said, oh, right. Cha-ching. And he said, but I poo-pooed that idea as my heart sank to my stomach. (laughs) I said, oh, really? Why? And he said, well, because I told them. I told them, them meaning the people at General Mills. I told them he's already doing Sonny and the Count. If something happens to him, we'll be out all three mascots. Uh, what kind of fucking logic is that? It's not. It's not. <laughs> it's oh just, my god. Anyway, just, he's fired now. <laughs> he's actually he's actually dead. Oh, uh, God bless. But I, I I'm, I'm thinking, you know, you just cost me about maybe fifty grand a year, you know, for the next fifty years. Thanks a lot. But again, I'm not a greedy guy. <laughs> you could have been a walking walking serial character trifecta. Yeah. How many? I mean, you still are. You really are. You really are. I am the serial god. <laughs> Wouldn't you if you could do all those voices? Uh, better than being a serial killer, I suppose. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Not much. <laughs> that is perfect. Oh, Unless you guys had any more uh, questions about uh, the characters, I wanted to backtrack a little bit. I got one uh, I, more for Thundercats. Go for it. Kevin worked with all three of them. Did you have a favorite out of all three versions okay, of the Thundercats? Okay. Well, the original, of course, is uh, <clears throat> still my favorite because, you know, we did 160 episodes of it. 165, I think, episodes of it. God, um, yeah, 165 episodes. And I, mean, and I think we only did half as many Silverhawks. I'm not sure exactly the numbers, but I know we did the 100. And, you know what? I'm sorry. That is not correct. It was 130 episodes, hmm. 65 per seat. That's what it was, yeah. Uh, anyway, it's a lot of shows, you know. Yeah. It's a lot of um, shows. 
So, so I think I, I would probably have to say, yeah, the, the original. I'm more familiar with it. I mean, he did, did more more scripts as him. I right. appeared more often as him. But I love doing bluegrass and all the, all the other stuff too. So it's people always ask me, what was your favorite? And it, it's hard to really say. I guess uh, I'm more quote known, you know, uh, as being you know. They, if they're going to say anything, they'll say, here's the guy who did Lionel. You know, if they're not going to list them all. <laughs> right, so I would say, but 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 your question actually was about the the um, different renditions different or reincarnations yeah. of the series. Yeah, right. I really liked I really liked the 2011 Warner Brothers series. Yes, I really thought that was a well done series, mm-hmm. and I was really upset when it you know when they pulled it because it was from what I understood the the ratings were very good on comedy on. Um, uh, cartoon Network, but the toy sales did not live up to their expectations. And unfortunately, I think in the business, um, and it is a business, we have to remember, they had to sell a lot of toys or it's not worth their while to sponsor right. the shows. Right. And while, while we can all go, oh man, that's, you know, that sucks. It's a business. You know, we forget that. Uh, so I would have liked to have seen that, that, um, the 2011 version, um, continue. And I think a lot of the fans, I know a lot of the fans would have too. The yeah. latest one, uh, which I don't know if it's still on the air or it's... No, it was canceled too. Away. Yeah, well, now I can tell that. Now I can say that. Uh, <laughs> it's not going to last. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I was I was very surprised when, and, and, and for anybody who doesn't know, the, we're talking about the most recent uh, incarnation of... Um, Thundercats of, Roar. Thunder, it's called Thundercats Roar. Thank you. That's right. And it's drawn entirely differently. It's drawn like uh, Teen Titans Go, I think, which is yep. the new thing these days. Sure. Very minimal artwork. It's all very scriggly, and just anybody could do it, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> uh, is it the same kind of a show as like Teen Titans Go? Well, I never, never did really watch Teen Titans Go. I, I was just on an episode a couple of months ago, but I just as uh, it was was I as Jaga. Yeah, for some reason I had Jaga on Teen Titans Go. Uh, I don't, I don't ask. I read, I go in, I read the words, you know, take the money and thank you. I don't come in and say, now what is my, um, you know, what's my uh, motivation? <laughs> what's my motivation here? They say twenty four hundred bucks. You want to do it or not? So you do it. And you have no input. Yes, I will do that job. <laughs> oh, Lord. Anytime you want. <laughs> I want to backtrack a little bit to uh, something you were doing in the 70s, I believe, Bowling for Dollars. This is a game show I had never heard of uh, until researching for you. And then I got on YouTube and uh, started actually watching it. It was so much fun to watch. I love game shows, especially the older ones. The newer ones get too convoluted. and. Yeah. Uh, they yeah. want to show everybody's backstories. I don't care about that stuff. Just get to the game yeah. and let's do it. You know, it was so. What, what was, you were the best host I saw on there. You you have the perfect presence <laughs> for uh, for uh, a game show Thank host. You. So one, I'm just curious about your experience uh, on that show, and uh, two, is that something uh, you know the game show host thing? Is it something you enjoyed? Would would have you ever or would you ever do another game show? Well, yeah, probably I would. Uh, I don't. Well, not now. I wouldn't. Probably. I mean, the schedule would kill me. I'm 70 years old. Right. But um, 
I, I enjoyed doing that show. For those people who, who, who don't know exactly what it was, you, you explained it very well, though. It is what ex exactly what it sounded like. It was people would bowl, you know, at a bowling center, and, uh, uh, and, and if they would win money uh, according to how many pins they knocked down, right? Right. Remember, this was back in <clears throat> 1976 to 79. I was on the one in New York. Uh, they had the show, same show in like 13 different cities with different hosts because they wanted everything to be local in, in, in each city. That was the whole idea of this show. You know how, how most game shows, even back then, and especially now, uh, well, maybe more back then, the, the audience, the um, contestants had to pass these auditions. And they were looking for certain things. They wanted very energetic people. They wanted obviously attractive people. You know what I'm saying? If you watch any of the old to tell the truth, well, not those, but but like the match game, all those kinds of things, mm -hmm. it's always just pretty little, pretty young girls and handsome young guys. Oh, you win, which is fine. But th this was supposed to be a game show and turned out to be one for the average person because you didn't have to audition for it. As a matter of fact, you'd send in a, a postcard. And if it was picked out of the barrel at random, you were going to be on the show. That's awesome. So... Yeah, so we had some rather unusual people that showed up, and we never saw them until we never saw them until the day of the taping. I mean, oh, they wow. sent a, they sent a postcard to us. I don't even think they had to send a picture. Probably they shouldn't have had to. Uh, but um, so we had, you know, you have no idea. So, I, and I would interview the people between each. We, we taped five shows a day every Friday. Holy cow! Now. Yeah, well, this was after I had been on the air for four and a half hours on the radio in New York. I did a morning radio show, WHN. And um, then on Fridays, I would, the last half hour of my radio show, I'd be putting on TV makeup. And then they would have a car waiting for me to whisk me down to Madison Square Garden. And we, we taped the show at the Madison Square Garden Bowling Center, which is now a theater or something. So I would get there. And then the first thing I would do is they would start bringing out the, the first the, the guests or the contestants on the first show, one at a time. And I would have maybe five minutes to sit with them individually and say, ask them some questions. Are you married? Have kids? Uh, what do you do for a living? Any hobbies? Things. So that when they came out, you know, uh, we'd have something to talk about. Sure. But uh, a lot of times they didn't tell me everything <laughs> in the <laughs> They would say things, you know, like on the air. Like one guy, I'll never forget one guy. I didn't have a lot of time to talk with him, but I do remember that when he and I had I had made my own my own cue cards, you know, off the set so next to the camera, so I could say, oh here, okay, let's welcome John Krasinski. He's from so da da da. And he comes up, and I'm looking at the card, and all all I had written was um, married three years or something like that. So I said, so John, I understand you're a married man. Um, uh, what's your wife do? <laughs> He said, I don't know. I ain't seen the bitch in five years. <laughs> Good TV. Good TV. Okay, John. You win. Give him all the money. Let's go. <laughs> oh, my God. That Steve Harvey never had to deal with any of that stuff. See, you guys really put your yeah, work in. You had to work through the cream of the crop. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. What a gamble I enjoyed that would the show, be. Though. <clears throat> yeah, I enjoy it. Oh, yeah, for the network. For, it was actually Channel 9 in New York, WOR, which now is My 9 TV all around the country. Okay. They were one of the first uh, super stations. As a matter of fact, the reason they, they stopped, um, they canceled the show in New York 
bowling for dollars, is that they had just made the um, uh, signed contracts with people to become this network called My, My Nine TV all around the country. Wow. Anyway, that's the, that's the story of that show. And it was fun. I enjoyed it. I met a lot of nice people. I, uh, You know what? From that show, I got a taste of, quote, celebrity. I hate that word, but something that makes you recognizable to people on the street. Sure. You know, yeah. that was my first real taste of that because in radio, you don't, you know, when I did radio for 25, 30 years and um, people don't go, hey, there's that disc jockey, you know. Right. Uh, so it was, it was new to me. But looking back on it, I, I always thought from that show, I got just enough of a taste of being a, quote, celebrity, because people would come up to me and say, hey, could I have your autograph, which is fine, you know, uh, but it wasn't a kind of like a movie star thing, you know what I mean? Where, oh, my God, oh, you know. Sure. Uh, and, and so I never wanted that. I certainly didn't want that, you know. But some funny things happened. I'll never forget one time we were in Times Square, my wife and I, uh, and having uh, lunch somewhere in, in some you know, lunch and restaurant. And these two little old ladies, I, I noticed the whole time we were eating, they were looking over. And I used to get that a lot. You know, you'd be in a restaurant and people going, hey, hey, and you see them looking over at you, pointing, stuff like that. <laughs> but again, but again, uh, my, quote, notoriety from that show was not so big that, oh, my God, look who it is. You know what I mean? Sure. I'm not being too clear. But, but it was just enough that it made me feel like somebody, you know. Sure. But... Because of moments like this, these two little ladies, just as we started, got our food, started eating, they, they were finished, and they came walking down the, uh, they stopped at our table, and I just had a fork up to about here, you know, and this lady goes, and I said, <laughs> yes, ma'am. She said, you're Larry Kenny, ain't you? I said, well, yes, yes, I am. Hi, nice to meet you. And she said, you know how I recognize you? I said, no, how? And she said, by your face. And they walked out. <laughs> <laughs> and then you were like, oh, that's how it works. Yeah. Wow. I love that. I, I mean, I guess she's not wrong, but I mean, of yeah. all the things to say. She's not wrong. wrong. You can't, can't argue with a lady. She recognized me by my face. <laughs> but my point is that, that was, that's the, that's the um, celebrity that I've had since that. And, and I like that amount, you know, I'm, sure. I have an ego like every other actor. I, I wouldn't be in the business, you know, because you want to show off, you know, we were doing it since I was kids. I was one of those kids that you always hear about. They were putting on shows in the basement and all this. And then they got into show business and, um, <clears throat> if they were lucky. So, um, but I love little things like that where <laughs> it also, it also puts you in your place a little bit. It, it reminds you, you're not Brad Pitt. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're not Tom Hanks. They've seen you on television and they think it's cool, but they are not trying to find out your address so they can get to your house. Right. Hopefully. Right. And think of all the times that Brad Pitt and George Clooney have been recognized by their face. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's still, that's I'm not going to forget that for some time. That's a funny thing to uh, say to somebody. <laughs> <laughs> of all the occupations your talents have taken you through, what have been some of your favorite, most enjoyable uh, moments behind the microphone? I, for 35 years, I worked on a radio show called Imus in the Morning. They became a television yeah. show, too. I, mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it. Yes. Syndicated around the country. Yeah. And I met, I had the opportunity to meet so many people of different walks of life and some very famous people. You know, I'd be sitting next to Walter Cronkite one day uh, doing an impression of Walter Cronkite, you know. Wow. 
I'll never forget. He was on the, the first time Walter was on the show. He, he sat. They put him right next to me at, at the table, and um, he was on because he had written a new book about his life. And uh, I just wanted to have him on because uh, the very first uh, words in his book were, you know, like Richard Nixon wrote a book, and the very first words in his book were, "I was born in the house my father built." Well, Walter Cronkite's book started off something like, "My father was a dentist." And therefore, we never had to worry about, you know. So, so now we're on the show, and, and he's sitting next to me, and Imus says, um, and Walter, by that point, didn't hear too well. And Imus says, the first thing Imus says to him is, uh, how are your teeth? And Walter looks at me, and he says, my feet. <laughs> I said, no, uh, no, Walter, he wants to know how your teeth are. And he said, Oh, I thought he was asking me, how are my feet? <laughs> I didn't know why he didn't ask me, why. how are my feet? <laughs> <laughs> Stupid moments like that, you know. I just loved it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you'll never forget him. And Walter also, I'll never forget him for this, because he also, uh, after the show, we were having a little, you know, crudités and things, and he said, you know, I think yours is the best impression of me I've ever heard. Well, that's pretty high praise. Wow. You know? Yeah, you must have been uh, shining your nails on your shirt after that. <laughs> I know I would have been. Oh yeah, yeah, that whole thing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, young people, younger people wonder what the hell is he talking about? Shining his nails on his shirt. <laughs> oh, I've said it so many. There you go. <laughs> I've said it so many times on this show. They got to know by now. Right. <laughs> as far as a uh, dream role, is there any role or a franchise or a character, anything that you would like to play that has you haven't gotten the opportunity? You know, um, I've been asked that a lot of times, and I, uh, not to denigrate you for asking the same question because it's a very good question. Uh, but I, I, the way I feel about it is, I mean, there are a lot of a lot of roles that I did try out for that. Oh, gee, I missed that one. I'd like to have it, but I've been very successful. I mean, I, I, in my business, very successful, and and I can't even imagine being more successful because, like I said before, I never wanted that that success in show business where you're just an enormous star. You know, I just I couldn't handle that. I, I know I couldn't handle that, sure. and it would be too phony for me anyway. I don't like that red carpet stuff, you know. But um, I mean, I would have loved to have played any number of other roles. But I'm satisfied with the ones I did. I feel mm -hmm. so lucky that, that you know that I had these this opportunity and everything. And I make I've made I've made a nice living. I'm very comfortable, and um, so no, I I'm just so grateful for you know. I, I sound like a being noble here, but I'm not. I just really I like where I'm at. I like where I've been at the whole time. You know. Yeah. Well, so it's do we. Me. We would have a funny sounding lion, if not. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> Pretty sure. Oh, another thing we need to talk about here, though, is uh, coming up on uh, Sunday, February 14th, Valentine's Day, there's an online convention, known, uh, I believe known as GalaxyCon, where you're going to be doing a uh, like a video chat with fans. Can you tell us a little more about this? Uh, not really, uh, beyond what you're, you just told them, the dates and everything, because I'm not sure exactly what it's going to be. I think it's going to be uh, a thing like this, except the fans ask the questions. But I, th I think it's what they're doing is... Um, is trying to make up a little bit for the for the um, lack of comic cons, yeah, because of the mm -hmm. because of the COVID thing, and so I think that's what it's going to be. It's kind of kind of be a. I think there's going to be lots of other voice actors on it. I'm assuming so. 
That's what um, we've heard. But I don't believe in <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. But I can't tell you any more than that because I didn't really discuss it with him. I just said, sure, I'd love to be a part of it, you know. But you, aren't one, one of you guys is involved in that too, aren't you? I'm doing the GalaxyCon thing? No, uh, my mistake. No. Okay. Not to my knowledge, unless Jack's doing something behind our back. <laughs> Made him sweat a little bit. <laughs> well, that's cool, though. We'll have to put a link, though, uh, in the description for this episode just to help direct people over that way, because I'm sure oh, there's going to be some fans are going to want to uh, get the chance to speak with you. And this has been fantastic and honor for us to speak with you. But uh, before we wrap up here, I was wondering if we could do a quick little thing here. I sent you over a PDF <clears throat> with uh, some lines yeah. here that I'm going to set up uh, for the listeners as we go through but just wondered if you would uh wouldn't mind reading some famous lines off by some of your famous characters <laughs> sure so, of course i will oh thank you uh, i'm excited for this okay so Let's, the first one i have is bane yeah. quote as read by count Dracula. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's, do like it. <laughs> let's do it Okay, here we go. <clears throat> oh, you think darkness is your ally, <laughs> but you merely adopted the dark. I was born in it, molded by it. I didn't see the light until I was already a man. By then, it was nothing to me but blinding. The shadows betray you because they belong to me. <laughs> that works so much better than Bane did. Ah, thank you. So thank, much you very much. thank you. Thank you. Move over, Tom Hardy. All right. Wow. Blew now my mind have, on that. We I think have, uh, Tommy DeVito from Goodfellas as read by Sonny the Cuckoo Bird, Joe Pesci, right? Yes. But I'm doing it as, as Sonny. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. <clears throat> Let me understand this, because, uh, you know, maybe it's me. I'm a little fucked up, maybe, but I'm funny how, I mean, I'm funny like I'm a clown. I amuse you. I make you laugh. I'm here to fucking amuse you. What do you mean funny? Funny how? How am I funny? <laughs> oh, 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 my God. Okay, now I've got to set up this last one for the listeners, because this one's a little obscure. <laughs> There was a, a video on YouTube about uh, 10, 11 years ago, where it was simply just a gentleman out in his backyard seeing two rainbows in the sky. It was known as the double <laughs> rainbow video. And just this guy was just going crazy. Oh, it's a double rainbow. And I thought, how cool it would be if you read his dialogue, at least a little bit of it there, in the voice that you do for the Skittles okay. commercial that's Taste the Rainbow. Feel the rainbow. Taste the rainbow. <laughs> okay, I got it now. Ready? Wow, that's a full rainbow all the way. Double rainbow. Oh, my God. It's a double rainbow all the way. Wow, that's so intense. Oh, my God. It's full on double rainbow all the way across the sky. <laughs> oh, boy. <sighs> that was oh, fun. I'm hurting. Oh, thank that you. Was amazing. Oh, <laughs> thank you so much. Have you got the address to send the check to? <laughs> oh, yeah. you, Randy? <laughs> Yeah, Randy will take care of that. He's our billionaire. Yeah. <laughs> hey, guys, it's, it's been a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, no, thank, thank you. you. The thank pleasure you. is all ours. Thanks so much. My pleasure, you guys. Good luck to all of you, all right? Thank you. Thank you, sir.
All right, everyone, and that was our uh, conversation with Larry Kenny. My God, <laughs> reading those lines as those characters about put me on the floor. <laughs> I might have to go change yeah. my pants after that. That was so funny. <laughs> I mean, you think he got the double rainbow thing? Do you think he's heard of that or seen it? He's probably just like, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, he might not, because that is, I think that's more of a younger thing. With what about you guys? You know what I was talking about? Oh, I knew oh, exactly. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay perfect. About, yeah. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And again, uh, to our listeners, uh, the, the online convention, uh, GalaxyCon, which is happening Sunday, February 14th, the opportunity to voice chat with Mr. Larry Kenny. The power is yours. Oh, that's a wrong cartoon, though, isn't it? All yeah. right. I think that's going to do it for this episode. So, Jack, what do we have on the website? Go to candairpodcast.com where you can see show highlights, guest info, listen to the show, follow us on all our social media, become a patron, buy some merch, see some of our YouTube videos, and if you'd like to be a guest and promote our your work, send us an email on our contacts page. You can promote our work, too. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, we won't stop you. And you can find us on Don't Twitter. promote it to our page, though. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I know this great Candace podcast. Candace, you guys should listen to it. It's like, yeah, that's us. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter at CandarePod and on Instagram at Can underscore Air. And if you want to show your support, head over, uh, well, either there on the website, there's the Patreon link, or you can just find us on Patreon. Six tiers of goodness, ladies and gentlemen. All kinds of stuff coming down the pike. Uh, there's already close to 40 episodes of the Candare Patreon pod. Getting ready to put the second episode of the Comic Vault up there. Um, what else are we putting? The radio theater stuff. Unreleased episodes. The episode where an, uh, uh, an interview like this went horribly wrong. Mm-hmm. And Horrible. I wasn't involved in it. <laughs> no, but you're yeah, going to be not. there to hear it and comment on Randy's it. fault. <laughs> He'll be commenting on it. That's what yeah. I love about it. Um, uh, you know, I've only heard it maybe twice since it happened. What, what 2017? Jack's heard it Something like that. I only was, that time, and Randy's there, never yeah. heard it. So, <laughs> three different layers of uh, listening, uh, enjoying. I don't know what the hell I'm saying. You get what I'm saying. <laughs> three layers of cringe. There it is. Yeah. There it is. Um, but anyway, lots of good stuff on there and merchandise uh, exclusive to Patreon. And uh, what else, gentlemen? Uh, just a big shout out to Larry Kenny for spending some time with us tonight and being such mm-hmm. a big part of our lives. Yeah. I mean, yeah. just thank you. That was it, amazing. It truly was. And I think I uh, will never look at Bane the same again. No. <laughs> right? <laughs> Any of those characters the same. Right? Like in all those movies, too, because they totally rewrote it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought Sonny the, co- the Cuckoo Bird would be perfect for Joe Pesci's Goodfellas. Oh, so that was perfect. It was amazing. It's a good casting done well. All right, perfect. Well, I think that's going to do it for this episode. So until next time, I'm Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. And I'm Randy Hardenbrook. Thanks so much for listening, everyone, and be excellent to each other. Oh, no! Don't run! It'll only make things worse! What? Remember, you never want to approach a stray dog, especially one that's foaming at the mouth. Get away from the animal as quickly as you can and tell a grown-up. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. This has been a Canned Air production.
I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts.